name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I want to begin, um, usually sermons are constructed in such a way as they, they, they lead up to the conclusion, but I want to begin with the conclusion and, and tell you how we get there. The conclusion is this. The conclusion is this. What we're reading about in the gospel today, what we're hearing about in the gospel today, the crucified and risen one appearing in their midst as he has promised when two or three are gathered together in his name, showing them his hands and his side, the crucified and risen one, really and truly present in their midst and breathing the Holy Spirit into them and recreating and remaking them and giving them his peace, his shalom, and sending them to continue this reconciling, peace-giving, recreating, remaking work in the world. This is what happens every Sunday, every time we gather for the Eucharist. This is what the liturgy is all about. That's the main thing that I want to convey today. What happens when we come on Sunday morning? Is there ethical instruction? Yes, there's ethical instruction. Is, is that the, the end all and be all? Is that the, the whole secret of it? No, there's ethical instruction, that's good. Is there inspiration? I hope so. I'm usually inspired, sometimes I'm just tired. I don't know about you. You know, sometimes you, your mind is elsewhere. But we hope there's inspiration. Is that the end all and the be all? No. There's fellowship, that's good. What's the, what's the essential thing? What's the one thing above all other? The one thing which is above all other is that we should come here so that the Lord can get a hold of us and so that he can, can continue his work of recreation. When we were baptized, the prayer book says, and uh, Jesus says to Nicodemus in the third chapter of John's gospel, when we were baptized, we were regenerated. We were reborn. We were remade. And, and that's a process. And we come here so that the Lord Jesus Christ, the crucified and risen one, can get a hold of us and by breathing his Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit, which is just so the life and love which the Father and the Son share with each other. He can breathe that spirit into us and it can make us new. St. Paul says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old has passed away and the new has come. We come here to, to, to participate in the new creation. We come here to be remade so that we fit into the new creation. Everything that we see in the, lit in the liturgy, all of the beauty, all of the flowers, all the vestments, all of the music, the candles, the lights, all of the gestures of extreme reverence towards God and towards each other, these all speak to us of the new creation of God reordering all things through his eternally and only begotten word of love and in the power 
of the life and the love which the Father and Son share with each other. The Son has come to bring us the Father in the power of the Spirit. The Son has come to bring us to the Father by the power of the Spirit. He does this through his great sacrifice of love, which is the victorious life of the resurrection, and which he shares with us through the Holy Spirit. That's what the whole liturgy is about. The, 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 the meaning of the liturgy, the reality of the liturgy, the holy secret of the liturgy and of what God is doing in and through our meeting together in his name so that he might come to us as the scriptures are read and the bread is broken. The whole secret of that is contained in this gospel that we have today. According to his promise, when two or three are gathered together in his name, he's there in the midst. And through the words of the Bible and through the words of the liturgy, the crucified and risen one is represented to us as not as a once upon a time, long time ago, but as a, as a, as a, as a really and truly present, really and truly present. And he's breathing his new life into us. In the Eastern Church, when sometimes someone is baptized, we don't, we don't do that, and I imagine you couldn't do it even now because of the health regulations, but in the Eastern Church, when somebody is baptized, it is traditional that, that after, the, after, the, after the baptism, the priest actually breathes into their nostrils to show that God is, giving, God is resuscitating them. So why do we come week by week? We come because we're dying and we need to be resuscitated. That's why we come. We come because we're broken and we need to be healed and remade, reconstituted made beautiful, made fit for uh, God's eternal kingdom when the cosmos is again perfectly restored and perfectly ordered by his, by his love. So let's look at the text a little bit and see how we get there. On the first day, it says when it was evening, on the first day of the week. The first day of the week, what does that mean? Well, we, one of the ways that you want to read St. John's Gospel is you want to have the book of Genesis in one hand and you want to have St. John's Gospel in the other hand. How does St. John's Gospel start off, right? In the beginning was the Word, the eternal Word of God's creative love. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God, and it was not anything that was made, but was made through the Word of God's eternal love. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So John is always referring to the book of Genesis, and here he's, he's telling us about the about this is the first day of the new week. The church fathers, um, they call the resurrection the eighth day of creation, seven days. Six days God created on the seventh day he rested. Now it's the eighth day, it's a new week. It's the first day, the Lord's day, the day of resurrection. And what kind of a day is it? It's a day of creation. When God is picking up again his creative work. Think about, um, the book of Genesis. Now, the book of Genesis is important not to get distracted. The book of Genesis is not a book about geology. It's not a book about paleontology. It's not a book about biology. It's a book about theology and anthropology 
and uh, also about the cosmos and the relationship between God and humanity and the cosmos. That's what the book is about. And it's trustworthy with regard to those things. And the uh, book of Genesis describes, as St. Paul tells us uh, in uh, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, the God who quickeneth the dead and calleth the things that are not as though they were. And he creates out of nothing. He says, let there be, and there is. And it's very interesting in the book of creation, in the book of Genesis. God says, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. And then he says, let us make humanity. Let us make human beings. Ah, now we're, we have a process. This is not going to be instant. This is going to take some time. God has to work on them. First of all, he makes them out of the same stuff that he makes everything else out of it. But there's something different here. He breathes his own life into them. He breathes the noima. He breathes the ruach. He breathes the Holy Spirit. Because of the share of his life. A share of the life that the Father and the Son share with each other. A share of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is what animates human being. This is the animating center of our humanity. And then we hear the, we hear the story about how they turned away from God and therefore turned away from the source of life. And when they turned away from God, they turned on each other, they turned in upon themselves. And God's project of creating human persons, people who are in communion with him and in, and in communion with each other, or sharing in the personal being of God. This project of God is, is interrupted. He has to put it, he has to get it going again. So it's the first day of the week. It's the day of the resurrection. It's a day when they're recreating work of God, where his work of remaking humanity begins to become pushed out into the world. On the cross, when Jesus gives up the spirit, he says, it is finished. What is finished? The remaking of our human nature. For in him, we find our humanity redeemed, forgiven, restored, healed, the poison of that apple taken away from us. All the enemies of our human dignity overcome sin, death, and evil. And it is finished. And here we have a human being who gives himself completely and perfectly to God in love, praise, and adoration, and completely and perfectly to his brothers and sisters in love, service, and sacrifice. And now the crucified and risen one, according to his promise, appears in their midst. He shows them his hands and his side as he does every time we meet for the Eucharist. And he breathes into them new life, healing, mercy, recreation. Shalom, he says to them. Now this is a big word in the Bible, shalom, peace. It's not just the absence of hostility 
Shalom is all things. My relation with you, your relation with me, our relation with God, and indeed, the organization of the whole cosmos, perfectly reordered by God's love. So he says this to them. Now, of course, he's God, and what God says goes. And so he gives them his recreating spirit. He begins his work of remaking and renewing and healing them. And he, he, he brings his peace. He establishes his peace. And, and this is what the church is supposed to be. It's supposed to be the place where the shalom of God gets a hold of us, where we, where we are reordered by his sacrificial love, and where we are made over into the image of God that we were made to bear in the beginning. And so our hope is that by the work of the Holy Spirit, Christ would do his creative work in us till we are changed from glory into glory, and at last we grow up into the full stature of Christ. That's what's happening in the church. That's what's happening in, in the liturgy. Everything that's happening in this gospel is happening here again and again and again. And, and we need it again and again and again because, because every day we die a little bit and every day we need to be renewed and remade and recreated by the Father through the Son and the power of the Spirit. We need every day for the Son to bring us the Father in the power of the Spirit. We need every day for the Son to bring us to the Father in the Spirit until at last he will bring us finally and perfectly to be the people that we were meant in the beginning to be. And the church is the place where all this is supposed to happen, this renewing, this recreating, this reconciliation. And we're to continue as the body of Christ, the mission of Christ in the world, bringing the Father to his lost children through the Son by the power of the Spirit, of bringing the lost children of the world, the Father's lost children, back to him through the Son by the power of the Spirit, of proclaiming the forgiveness of sins. Sins are forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean just only that, that guilt is taken away and shame that is, is taken away, but also the, the, the destructive consequences of sin are undone. Our blindness to God, our hardness to heart of heart to God, our hardness of heart it's all being on the years that the locust ate are being restored. This is the life of the church. Whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. This is the, the community of reconciliation, the community of forgiveness. And whose sins you retain, they are retained. There's a mystery here that the church is to carry the light of Christ to the world. The church is to carry the forgiveness of Christ to the world, the mercy of Christ to the world, the forgiveness and reconciliation of Christ to the world, the new life of Christ to the world. And there's a mystery here that, that men prefer the darkness. But it is for all. It is free. It is unconditional. It is for all. It's not even conditioned on believing the right thing in the right way, but, but to receive it, we must somehow by God's grace, reach out in faith and make it our own. Surrender to it, 
give ourselves to it. Submit to this immersion in God's life and love, which is the baptism that the Lord brings. There's not enough time today to talk about St. Thomas. Uh, He had a hard time believing. He didn't believe the original witnesses. He came to understand that the original witnesses are trustworthy. We read the scriptures so that we might come to believe that the original scriptures are, the original witnesses are trustworthy and hear about this crucified and risen one who shows us his hands and his side, who offers us his peace and wants to breathe his new life into us. And believing the witnesses, we have this life. We receive this gift and say this prayer that we find at the end of the New Testament, come Holy Spirit, come. Fill us with life anew. Help us to love the Father the way the Son loves the Father. Help us to love each other the way the Son loves his brothers and sisters. Help us to be remade into the people that you wanted us to be in the beginning, images of the true and living God. In the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.